Welcome back. We are the robots after all. I'm Tom. And I'm Andrew. In today's yep. show, we're going to be talking about uh, some new uh, game consoles that are getting announced. Um, talk a little bit about some of our future episodes we've got coming up. And uh, both Tom and I finished the Loki series on Disney Plus. So we're going to talk a little bit about our reaction to that. So really looking forward to it. Yeah, we're going to do a deep dive into Loki spoiler territory so watch out if you haven't seen it go check it out get disney plus watch them all and then watch this but yeah i this just came out today it's hot off the press the steam deck was announced by steam <laughs> what now, is it? we're all familiar with steam they have a, a a pc platform where you can get games and now they finally release like a switch like console. And I thought this was interesting given that we were just um, the announcement of switch with its OLED and bigger screen version coming out in October. This one's set to come out, I think in December is their expected release date. And it's basically, it looks kind of similar to a switch. It's got this little like letterbox look to it. It's got the controllers, they don't detach. Ooh. But it's being advertised as a PC um, gaming unit, whatever you call those, console. Portable PC machine or something? Yeah, but you can actually attach it to a monitor. Oh, interesting. You don't want to play. Um, so they're, they're kind of making it seem like it's, a, it's an entity of itself. Like you, you can have this and have it be a, a gaming console. Okay. So does this only link, this, I'm assuming this only links to your Steam account? Is that how you get your games? I, yeah, I believe so. I didn't read too much into it, but from what I read, yeah, I mean, it's just links directly to your Steam account. Okay. Yeah. So that raises the uh, the question that I think you and I were talking about last time we were talking about the whole kind of games game pass versus physical games uh, conversation. So Steam... Uh, came up with something called uh, DRM, which is, I think it's like digital rights management or something like that. Yeah, di digital rights management. And basically what it is, is it's an authentication layer um, that is basically like on the server side. So uh, Xbox actually, you know, they launched their Xbox One with this, this technology. There was a huge uproar and then they backpedaled because Sony wasn't going to do it, um, where you always would have to have your console online in order to play your games. And even though they backpedaled on it, they actually, um, they still have a bit of that technology in the Xbox One. And I, I found that out the hard way the other day when I went to go turn on one of my Xbox Ones that I haven't had on for a while. But before I get into that, um, so yeah, I wonder if this console is actually going to require that you always have to have an online connection or, you know, you have to be online every so often in order to authenticate to then actually, you know, have the keys to play your games. And that's a huge turnoff for me personally, because, you know, if that server ever goes down, then you just have a useless piece of hardware at some point in the future, right? Like if they stop supporting those authentication servers, you might be able to power this machine on, but if it doesn't have anything to authenticate against, it's basically dead. Right. And I think, um, I'm, yeah, I'm not entirely sure if they're going to have that type of system or not. But it's funny you mentioned that because Sony, you say Sony backpedaled and didn't do it. 
But I feel like a lot of games on Sony, especially, you can't play them unless you update them if you're connected to the internet. I, I don't agree. It's Xbox that does that. Sony, you can, when you get the update, you can just delete the update and just play it. And you can even be really? online and play an un, unupdated game. Yeah. On PS4, PS5. But Xbox, if you try to play anything online and it needs an update, it refuses. It always pushes you to that screen that says, oops, it looks like there's an update. Mm-hmm. Um, and what really kind of threw me off was I was actually testing Borderlands 3 on a couple different consoles. I was texting it, testing it on the Xbox Series X and I'm having some weird like screen tearing issues when you when loot drops, like you start like running through the, the loot and, and the screen is kind of uh, tearing. So I was like, oh, I wonder if that happened on the Xbox One X. Um, and I won't update anything just to see if like, you know, my, the old kind of playthrough that I was doing was, was behaving that way and I just didn't notice it. So I was like, all right, I'll go in. I'll, I'll turn the console on. I won't update it. I'll put the game in. I won't go online. I literally couldn't play the physical disc without going online. But in order to go online, I had to update the console. And I didn't want to update the console because I wanted to see if the issue was related to the new update that I had just done on the Series X. So um, so then I started popping in other games. I was like, okay, well, this is my quote unquote Xbox home console. So you can actually set a console to your home console and that'll allow you to so- supposedly play offline. Um, and I could play Cuphead and I could play Stick of Truth because those were digital download games that I had. But any physical disc that I put in, Xbox One or Xbox 360, it wouldn't let me play the game, even though it was an Xbox game. And the reason why is because this DRM thing basically requires that you're online every so every so often, and you have to basically like put the game in and, and authenticate it online in order to play it, even with a disc. And that, in my opinion, is unforgivable because right now, if the Xbox, like, let's say it's like several years in the future, they just don't support that anymore. That console is bricked. Like I can't use it with all these games that I have on my shelf and everyone's kind of like touting all this, like, Oh, physical media, physical media doesn't matter because Xbox is basically destroying that idea because you can't play the physical games. Sony doesn't do that. Sony, you can be offline as far as I know, although I very rarely leave the Sony console offline for a a long time, but whenever I play, uh, I very frequently won't take the updates. Like I'll, I'll put a Sony game in. It'll be like, oh, it's downloading an update. I'll run over to the update. I'll delete it. And then I'll just keep playing and I'm online and it's totally fine. So um, yeah, I don't know. I just hope that we don't, you know, I, I feel like not a lot of people are aware that this is happening. Online is becoming so like prevalent that, mm. you know, it's, it's, I don't think it's becoming an issue for many people, but what I am really worried about is that people are spending six, $700 on consoles nowadays. However, you know, much this, this new, uh, steam deck machine is right that could be a thousand dollars and you might be investing in something thinking like hey if i take good care of this it'll be a long-term collectible it'll be you know something i can always kind of go back to um and we might be kind of falsely buying these machines not realizing that you know at some point they're going to be useless not because they're obsolete machinery but because they're actually bricked by this security mechanism even though you've paid the money for the game and the console you can't play them together because the server is not online anymore. So, right. And I guess it's like a similar platform to like Spotify music and stuff when you're paying for streaming and then it's gone. It's like you can't access the music that you 
yeah had on there um yeah i don't know if that's going to be officially the case for them and if it is it's kind of that is worrisome because you don't want to have a system where it's a portable like it's being sold as a portable gaming system you don't want to have to be connected to wi-fi to play the games that you want to play yeah um yeah i don't I, it's it's that's like a weird future to think about where everything's just kind of floating into that um streaming right. void but well, um, we're, already, we're already there right because if i want to keep this xbox console offline for the rest of its life i can't use it right now it's literally useless to me until i update it so even like even right now today, if I want to have a console that just sits offline, I can't do that. And I think that that's unacceptable for paying, you know, six hundred dollars yeah. for a console and then however much money for each one of the games that you you buy that they right. don't and they're and they're branded and licensed together. And then you go to actually play them together, and it's like ah, uh, uh, like right. So. I've never been into Steam in general in terms of game. Like I've gotten like a few games from them. But it's never been a platform that's really held my attention. I've always just been a console person. Right. And I only really recently got sucked into that streaming thing when uh, I, I became uh, like attracted to Game Pass and like what that had to offer. But, um, but yeah, the system's out, the Steam Deck. It's really, it is kind of shows you what, a switch could be capable of because it is slightly bigger like mm -hmm. thicker than than the switches so it's interesting to see how it looks and you haven't even seen it yet have you just the pictures that you sent oh yeah so there was a ign has like first access to it and they were showing the guy holding it and it's like a little thicker so i don't know it's cool it's nothing i'm personally interested i just thought it was funny that it came out at the time that it did in the way that it did and yeah. right next, right near uh, Nintendo <laughs> announcing their horrible OLED announcement. But yeah, I do think that, um, I think that we're in a, an interesting kind of um, state of flux with this stuff, right? Because like, I think Nintendo has found great success with the Switch and they use the physical cartridge games kind of hearkening back to like more old school, mm -hmm. um, but they haven't quite got the formula right for like more hardcore gamers. Like maybe this is kind of more appealing to, to those folks and then those folks might get it and be like oh i kind of like the aspect of the switch where it's got the physical cartridges you know and, and data so cheap to do it in that kind of flash drive style way of, of yeah. uh, producing the game so maybe we'll kind of go back to that and then we'll kind of solve both problems at the same time but it does really require that people acknowledge it as a problem first and i feel like these these things aren't going to become problems for people until you know 10 15 years down the line when they go to be like, oh, I remember Xbox or I remember this like old system, they're gonna buy it on eBay and they're gonna go to try to play it and not be able to use it. You know what's interesting is that Phil Spencer, my brother sent me an article, Phil Spencer going on and preaching about how calling on gamers to save the history of gaming and not to have these things get, these games get lost on these systems. So it's pretty funny that <laughs> this DRM thing, hap thing happened. And then recently he's going on this speech about saving the video game, video game history of like these games just being locked on certain consoles that like have a X amount of shelf life. You know, it's just, yeah. it's just a weird 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I think his translation is please buy the game again on our newest console is the way he's probably thinking about it. <laughs> Keep buying it, and which is like yeah. Nintendo's like like dream with everything they do. I don't know yeah. if I said dream, but this is what they do with everything. Re-release, re-release, re-release. Bye. But bye. you know what's cool? I, I downloaded uh, Mario 64 and a link to the past on my original Wii. When I pop that in, I can still play it today offline. You know That's I mean? awesome. You so know, that- like same thing with the Wii U. And I think that the Switch is the first console where they've actually been like, no, you have to have the online service in order to play these old games. But historically, like it just saves onto the hard drive. You just own the game. Yeah. That's what I really like about um, those consoles. I, and I've been really wanting to get a Wii U for that reason, just because it, it's such a unique historical console in the fact that it had like the little the screen thing and the, with a the touch screen and i even wish i kept my 3ds because i had a lot of really cool games for that too but yeah 3ds is really amazing yeah 3ds is a cool system so yeah so we'll see what happens with that but um but yeah stay away from uh i'm actually gonna i'm gonna do a little experiment i'm gonna turn I don't really play my Xbox Series X that much anyway. I've been playing more PS5 recently. So um, I'm going to turn the Xbox Series X offline and I'm going to turn one of my PS4s Uh-oh. offline and I'm just going to let it sit for like a month. And then I'm going to I'm gonna try to play games on both of those offline and see if, if it's an issue with PS4 and then also see if it's an issue with the newest Xbox because I wonder if they've, with all the flack they caught, if they changed it for this newest generation. Mm. Be a fun experiment. Yeah. But yeah, that's the Steam Deck and all that entails. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah, but in other news, you've been buying a lot of Ninja Turtle figures. We're probably gonna do an episode on Ninja Turtles because you're into that <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, going going back down the memory lane with all the old original figures, some of the new NECA figures, um, the SH figure arts. So yeah, it'll be cool to uh, showcase some of the the collection that I'm amassing, and you know, talk about the movies. I've actually been rewatching the movies as well, just to like I'm actually watching them in the opposite order, going kind of from worst to best because the first one I think still is is the best. Um, so I just what watched about the Michael Bay's. I watched those. Well, I watched one of them recently, um, and you know, they're not they're not awful, yeah. honestly. No, not as bad yeah. make up be. That'll be fun to talk about. Um, yeah, because I didn't really, I didn't hate them either. I thought they were pretty fun, um, just poor design choices for the turtles, in my my opinion. But I mean, anything with Will Arnett and I'm 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 in. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. And then yeah, and I saw Black Widow, the latest and newest entry in the Marvel theatrical experience, um, which is kind of a big deal because this is like the movie everybody's kind of going to see post pandemic in a way there have been yeah. some others. I mean, I know, but, uh, I feel like this one really, uh, started the, the, uh, steps back, uh, into normalcy. Is that a word? Yeah. yeah because it came I out at a time. With my words. <laughs> uh, it came out at a time when, um, People finally were vaccinated. Masks are kind of, you know, starting to go away. So it's probably the first blockbuster where, yeah, it's like they kind of like timed it perfectly. We're gonna wait until everybody can see it so we can make mega bucks. 
I, of course, am going to be lazy and I'm going to order it on Disney Plus and watch it from. Are you? Okay. Yeah. That's that would be my preferred method. I would say if I I would have rather done that and been able to watch it with just a few people at home because it's like twenty bucks. To and I think something like that. And then how does that work? Is it like because I saw that on Disney Plus? I don't know if it was like just a one-time payment and you get to watch it type of thing. Yeah, I think it's just basically to. I think it's just to rent it, believe it or not. Yeah, it's not even to yeah. Oh, so, so you're kind of paying the price of a movie ticket and then a, a surcharge for convenience, basically. Right. Yeah, I will and say, then, I, like the idea is that like you can have a full room of people and pay right. right. Um, with Mulan, um, we were going to uh, purchase that, and I just waited, and eventually it just came onto Disney Plus for free. Yeah, it so, seemed to it come on it like pretty quick. Yeah. So, I mean, I could do that, but I really want to see this one. And then you said that you had gone to see it. So I was like, we should do an episode on it. So I'm going to so it'd be fun that. to talk about. And uh, just the movie experience alone, just it's like packed in, you know. And uh, so that's that's kind of weird in itself. So. Yeah, we got a few topics Very lined cool. up. But I guess we should move on to our main topic, huh? Yes, let's talk. Because I we have not had any kind of we haven't had any kind of conversation about this. I haven't heard any of your reactions to the the episode, the most recent episode. Um, you see me still, when I did this, I did see that. I threw yeah. my hands in the air. That's Loki throwing the daggers up. Pretty cool. That's his key move. That is, yeah, he's known for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I'm I'm still in denial that this is the last episode. Like I need at least another one after this. Um, I know. I I'm. I understand that feeling because when it ended, it was very abrupt. Yeah. And, um, and you wanted more because they end, they show that the statue of the guy. Yep. And you're just like, no, why? Yeah. And they, I think they opened up a little too much too quickly and then just cut us off. But yeah. yeah. It's like the, and then uh, Owen Wilson's character, Mobius, Mobius right? Mobius, yeah. And he, didn't know him i was like what what's going on here but oh, why wow. are they out like they're searching searching and then all of a sudden it just like destroy. yeah it just like blips into the next reality it was really strange yeah so let's uh let's back up you go to the uh, beginning yeah the birth of loki the birth he was a frost giant one <laughs> um so, the, you know, they finally walk into this, uh, you know, frozen moment in time or, or kind of palace that's that's inside the uh, Eliath, I think is the name, the name of the creature that's able to kind of tear space and time. Oh, you're, um, you're staying on the last episode? Yeah, Eliath. Eliath, yeah. So that, well, that's how this episode starts. They literally come up to the door. Yeah. That, I thought you meant like the beginning palace. of the series. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't plan. On, I thought we'd just talk about the most recent episode. We we covered a little bit of the the series in the last episode, right? Oh, we did. Uh, I don't think so. No, but go ahead. That's fine. <laughs> um. So, well, if that's the case, I mean, then you want to do you want to just kind of back up and and talk about kind of what you've thought of the series so far, and then we can we can dive into that. Sure. I mean, what I thought of this series. The first episode I saw, I was kind of lukewarm on it. I wasn't super sold on this idea and and 
the characters. Um, and then it really kind of like once they introduce Sylvia or it's the second Loki, it started to get a little more interesting to me. And um, I think, I don't know why, maybe because I had just watched another show and it's always kind of like piggybacking onto this one a little bit, but I think um, I felt like it was a little slower paced, but then a lot of like the character development, like Loki seeing his future unfold and his relationship with Mobius building, I kind of like went back and like in my head and and kind of like self-analyzed that stuff or and it made it a little more interesting to me when I really thought about like the story and, and what they were trying to do with it. So I think as a whole, I, I, I ended up really enjoying it. And even the last episode we were talking about, I was like, well, I liked Falcon and Winter Soldier better. And I think this one actually stands out as my favorite now after. Yeah, I, I like this one the best as well. Yeah. I would actually probably go this one, then WandaVision and then uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. But um, yeah, I mean, I I actually, the first episode that I watched, I was actually captivated right away. I think that uh, I really like Owen Wilson a lot and to see him, um, to see him in, in a show like this was like, it felt like out of place, but yet he was like so perfect at the same time. And he brought a certain kind of calmness and a certain maturity to the to the story that I think um, was just welcome from kind of the typical superhero supervillain kind of dynamic that normally kind of happens in Marvel uh, movies or shows. So um, I feel like they're trying to do that in general with these Disney series. You know, they're trying to introduce. Um, I think I had mentioned with WandaVision, it kind of had an art house feel to it when you first in the first couple episodes. And I feel like they're trying to, you know, Owen Wilson's known for doing Wes Anderson movies and like a little bit more kind of indie indie style films or like more um, artsy films. And I feel like they're trying to like put a little bit of that spice into these um, Disney shows. And Loki was a perfect kind of next step for that because, you know, it's, it's just not typical in any way. Like anything that is a, a normal kind of cliche or... Um, a kind of typical literary device like they're they're twisting it in a way that's interesting like time travel it's been done a thousand times but yeah I'm, I'm not thinking about that when i'm watching it they're doing time travel in a way that's that's actually interesting you know they're talking about converging timelines i'm sorry diverging timelines and um you know it's just you you just get sucked in and you're just like in the story there's a lot of human element you know human emotion relationships that are um not even like there is a really there are relationships that are developed but there's almost the relationships that uh you know like the i forget her name now but the judge and owen wilson right there's like an established relationship there that they're able to convey and make you feel something with like very very quickly without a lot of background without a lot of story um so just really really good writing really good directing and um you know a totally different approach not a lot of action for a good portion of the um the first few episodes because it just doesn't need it no and that's what's great about these shows in general they're not relying on action as to carry them or violence <laughs> yeah they're not relying on violence uh maybe a little sexiness but not too much yeah i have a little bit of that Could i have a little love story <laughs> yeah and tom uh hiddleston as loki is is perfect i remember i actually read that he would play this character forever i mean he's just like perfect in that 
in that role. Is it Tom Hiddleston, right? Is that I name? think so. Yeah. Tom. Tom. You guys. <laughs> so I'm yeah. Tom and I'm Hiddleston. Yeah, all the character building in these Marvel shows have been really good, and this world this like kind of like retro themed environment is kind of neat. And there's no, like nice little Easter eggs sprinkled throughout. I remember pausing it actually. I think it was the second episode. Loki's in front of a computer and I paused it at this perfect moment. And there's like a, you can see what's on the screen. And it's like this multiple choice question about Thanos or is, is it Thanos or Thanos? Thanos. Thanos. I've always said Thanos. Thanos is like talking about. Um, if he ate an apple in this, I'd have to read it because I'll butcher it, but they show like this little scenario with Thanos and an apple or something. And then there's like different choice, multiple choice questions, answers to choose from. And there's just like this silly little mind bending um, little, little write up and it was kind of neat. And I always love stuff like that. But yeah, as the show goes on, I mean, it really picks up in those last few episodes. And yeah, I mean, you have the introduction to the second Loki and it's just kind of like, whoa, we got a I didn't believe it at first. I was like, oh, is she like an imposter? Did she take his place in one of the timelines? Like she killed him, took his like costume and is like, you know, playing the part. And then when you find out that she's just a variant of Loki from another timeline, yeah, uh, becomes very cool very quickly. Yeah, and then her world had gotten pruned, so she's kind of <laughs> like her her entire timeline was pruned apparently. Yeah, and she's basically been able to jump from uh, time to time, trying to like destroy the TVA because of what they did to her. Yeah, and hiding yeah, out so, huh? Hiding oh. out in apocalypses. Yeah, hiding in apocalypses because I guess they don't go to those places. Yeah, it has had to do with the fact that because um, the apocalypse always ends because it's there's so much like there's no deviation because everything ends in an apocalypse. So it never gets picked up on their scanners because there's no deviation that happens at the end of something. So she's constantly jumping from end to end to end like that. I think Loki demonstrates it. He goes they go to Pompeii. He's like, you're all going to die from this volcano. And they're like, ah, and Owen Wilson's freaking out. He's like, no, you can't do that. And the volcano comes and wipes everything out. And it's like, there was no change because none of this matters. Right, exactly. Yeah, that was an interesting scene. It was almost kind of like edgy for Disney in a way. That like, yeah. they're, they're kind of like, like, you're all going to die. It's like, that yeah, was weird, but funny. And so, Yeah, I think, I think that's like, yeah, that's kind of what I'm talking about. It's like, it, they're trying to go a little bit more artsy or a little bit more um, edgy. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's definitely working. So I think that they are, because Disney has bought up so many properties recently, and some of those properties are kind of known to be more adult, they're kind of spanning there. They used to use like touchstone pictures to do like more kind of PG or PG-13 or, you know, oh, that kind yeah. of thing. And now they're just like, I oh, will just put it under Disney. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> Um, so yeah, it, 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 it brings up a lot of like interesting ideas throughout the show of, of how they're, it's kind of like the show to lead into what they're trying to do with all the multiverses in a way, because 
the new movies are kind of based around that, right? I mean, I think the next Spider-Man movie is is really focusing in on that. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess we should jump to that those last few episodes and really talk about those because those are probably the most interesting. Yeah, I feel like um, since we got started at the beginning, it's probably important to talk a little bit about the TVA. You know, they're sure. this this uh, basically like time cops. You know, where they're trying to you know make sure that there's only one timeline and that uh, you know everybody follows this one timeline. And if you deviate from this one timeline, then you get hunted down. You know, by these time cops like a SWAT team. And um, we they find out have, they should have had John Claude Van Damme in there. <laughs> the original time cop <laughs> yeah that would have been a nice callback um yeah. so you know you find out in the later episodes that you know the um there's supposed to be these timekeepers that this is that are basically kind of calling the shots on on the, the tva you find out that they're uh not real that there was just kind of a fabrication of androids that were kind of in their place and um then it becomes like very apparent that you know, there's some somebody else is pulling the strings and it gets revealed that all the people who are working for the TVA are actually variants from other timelines themselves, that they've basically been pulled and kind of tricked into uh, being in this uh, in this space. What's what they don't explain is how the people have no memory of their other lives. And I wonder, because if they have all this focus on Loki, and obviously it's the title of the show. I wonder if they used a Loki from a certain timeline to enchant these people to, you know, to lose their memories because they didn't really explain how these people just kind of come into the TVA. They live for, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. They're seemingly immortal, but there's really no explanation of that. And we didn't really get into um, all of the powers of the individual who is kind of behind the scenes but I'm not sure if wiping their memory would be kind of one of them. Yeah, it might be. I mean, I guess that would make the most sense is that because since he's the one that created the TVA, that he would be able to do that. Um, he who remains. Uh, so, I mean, that's probably the most plausible uh, thing that could happen, I guess. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting that they didn't really get to that. Maybe they'll get into it in the next uh, season or something. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, they don't explain that at all. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, Loki and Loki end up uh, finding. Up. Yeah, they meet up and they they find the one who remains in in the void after they, after one of them gets pruned, they kind of cut to uh, this area where everyone goes, which is considered to be like this end of time, and uh, we find out that the the one who remains is kind of hiding inside, uh, basically like a temporal creature. Um, that's able to kind of rip space and time, um, which is how he's able to basically hide from everyone. Yeah. Oh, the um, he who remains is able to do that. Well, Eliath does that. No, Eliath. Okay. Eliath yeah, yeah. is the creature that he's inside, basically. So. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I mean the the whole pruning thing was interesting too because that was a mystery of like what actually happens. Do they just are they just right. done? So it was kind of cool that they had these kind of uh, impactful moments where Loki gets pruned and Mobius gets pruned, Owen Wilson's character. And you're like, oh, crap. Well, what the hell? It sucks. And then they go into like, oh, well, 
that little in credit scene in what is it like the second to last episode maybe or the third to last episode and then they show loki waking up to the other loki variants that have also been pruned and put into this uh void i don't know if they had a name for that specific was it just called the void where Elias was yeah but you know what's funny that i'm just like realizing now because that is like what they decided to do with the pruning sticks the they're basically just temp pads on a stick with predefined coordinates. <laughs> kind of, funny, kind of yeah. funny to think about. It. They just like stab them with a temp pad. It's like you're going over here. <laughs> well, that's yeah, that's true because that guy. I kind of when they get through like the void and all this crazy stuffs happen, they face Elioth. They're going to this giant castle, and they're like, "Who are we going to see?" And it's just this regular guy who's just a wicked smart scientist, and right. Apparently he's gained powers through that, and but they don't really say that he has powers because he does have that temp pad on his wrist where he can teleport. Right. He just knows everything that's going to happen. Yeah, I think he pre-programmed in because of this program. Yeah, yeah, because he because he knows everything that's going to happen. He was able to basically pre-program like movements or or you know being able to speed up or slow down time or something like that. So we could have used some sort of technology to wipe their memories because it seems yeah. like he's not a magical person. He just has super advanced tech that controls these situations and can pe send people through and back through the timeline. Yeah. Um, yeah, he definitely was uh, didn't have any special powers, which, you know, not to jump to the, the end spoiler here, but uh, he didn't he didn't really put up much of a fight when he. Got yeah. stabbed in the chest and immediately died. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was very much like I don't know what's gonna happen at the end of this show scenario, where it's very unpredictable. I guess is what I'm trying to say, which is nice. I mean, you don't yeah, you don't know what's nice, coming. Yeah, you, you. It's nice to have a show where you're not um, expecting or not being not able to think of what's gonna happen next. So it's. It was nice in that sense because I didn't know what was going to happen. Like, I, in that moment, I was like imagining what it would be like if they just took over the control of the timeline. I was like, well, that would be kind of boring. So then I was like in my head, I'm like, well, she's probably going to kill him because that's the more interesting story, you know? Yeah. So you know, it's what funny. Yeah. When they, when they walk up to that temple and they open and the doors open, it's it, before anything happened, I was like, oh my God, watch it be that stupid clock thing. The little digital clock thing <laughs> is like the the all you know the actual timekeeper and then he popped up or he or she popped up yeah the little hologram and, yeah and uh i was like oh no <laughs> <laughs> so that was like the one thing that i kind of predicted like like right before it happened or whatever but luckily they they went in a totally different direction with it yeah that was kind of silly and it was well it was it was it wasn't silly it was a kind of an interesting scene and how it goes this kind of like she had this like little malicious type of tone or sinister tone rather yeah the eyes kept like you know doing, yeah, doing like, no, good luck i'm getting you that. those files yeah. yeah yeah but um i think we should talk about a little bit about the void episode where he is in this pruning where he, after he gets pruned there's a lot of, he meets all those different loki's it's just like a lot of fun like uh fun aspects to that episode the alligator loki is really funny yeah that was absurd 
Yeah. And I don't even know if that's in any of the comics. I think that they just kind of decided to do that. That could have just, I think that might have just been like a made up thing. And I don't know if any of them, except for maybe those, the original one, really. That guy who's like, glorious purpose. That was amazing. And he basically like <laughs> fabricates uh, Asgard. Yeah. Like an entire city for him to, to for, for aliens to get distracted by. Yeah. That was amazing. And I love that original costume. Um, I like the fact that I feel like in a lot of these more modern shows or modern movies, and it happened, the first thing I ever saw it with was the the first X-Men movie. You know, they, they thought it would be too cheesy or stupid or it wouldn't like play to have the original costumes. So they went with like a more sleek thing. But yeah. I feel like that original Loki costume looked amazing. Like it was so cool to yeah. see that on screen and, and it definitely played. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun to see. And in their little hideout, their, one thing I noticed was that they had a Polybius cabinet. So when they showed that guy the cl- who they labeled the classic Loki, mm-hmm. um, behind him is like this Polybius cabinet. And I thought that was really cool because Polybius, there's a lot of lore with Polybius. It's like an arcade game. So it's an arcade cabinet. And uh, there's the lore is that the FBI or a government agency created this cabinet and planted it in arcades throughout the 80s when they were really big, 80s and 90s. Yep. Or I think it was mainly in the 80s to test um, kids, their like abilities or something. It was like this science experiment that, that was constructed and they put all these systems and then they recalled them so they can get the information back. So I thought it was really funny. And for what for all we know, this is just totally made up. It's just this big lore that I think was just created on the internet. But I don't know. Could have been like, part of M- could have been part of MK Ultra. Who knows? Ex- yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those cool conspiracy theories or interesting ones in any way. And the fact that they put that in their little hideout, I thought was really kind of neat because it was like yeah. it's just like one of like a, a nerdy little thing to do for that only like an X amount of people. Really, yeah, I didn't yet. know anything about that and pick up on that, so that's awesome. Yeah, uh, and it's cool that it's there because it's almost like it, like the TVA would have been like, No, we got to like get rid of this thing, like bring it, <laughs> send it to the void, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. And uh, you got the little frog Thor. Did you see this? Remember uh-huh. when they're, they're like going to the hideout? Oh, yeah, 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 and he's in a he- bottle. He's in a little bottle. At first, yeah. I thought it was regular, like a miniature Thor, but apparently it's Frog Thor that was in the comics briefly. I do actually remember uh, Frog Thor um, very briefly as well. I think I've seen pictures of it. I don't. I definitely didn't like read any. I never really read any of the Thor uh, comics as a kid, so. Um, but I do remember that. And another thing, an Easter egg. Thanos helicopter. Did you hear about this? I saw it in the show. I didn't even see it. I just heard about it. Yeah, I I saw it and I was like, what is that? Like, well, I don't remember (laughs) that from anything, but it's, I mean, it's a big yellow helicopter. It says Thanos across the tail. And I was just like, okay. Apparently in the old comics, he had a helicopter. (laughs) (laughs) He needs that. It's like one of those, it's like something from the old Batman uh, TV show, you know, like the Batcopter (laughs) or something. It's a Thanos copter pre-infinity stones when he didn't have the the powers he needed to uh use you know yeah he used <laughs> regular transportation 
provided to him from Earth, apparently. <laughs> um, so, yeah, a lot of fun stuff in that episode. The, the dynamic, I really, throughout the show, I really like seeing Loki and Loki, Sylvia. I think it's Sylvia, right? Get attached. I think it's Sylvie. Sylvie. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's Sylvie. And just like they're, like how they get kind of attached and then it just even after all that it still kind of falls apart they become kind of like even though it, you see it more in the original loki that he, he like really wants yeah he's he's actually changed yeah. he's like really gone through a, a full arc throughout the episodes and i i love that one line where he's like where he has like just he just sees it all he's just like outside he's a bird's eye view he sees it and he's just like it's because you can't trust anybody and I can't be trusted. And like, he just says it was such like desperate, not desperation, but just like such sincerity mm -hmm. um, that that, that particular moment really hit. And Sylvie just didn't care. She wasn't, yeah. she wasn't with him at the moment. She was on her own kick, but I think, you know, it, it plays well because she's been waiting her entire life. She's been like jumping through time for, uh, for an amount of time that we can't even perceive. And she's, here to like end this and like she needs to finish this um right so I guess they had to do it that way there was like i was thinking about it afterwards i was like so how would they do it if like they take over the timeline like that wouldn't be interesting that would just be no, weird and exactly. like and then like the other scenario You're boring if they both were like we're gonna kill it you know kill them then that's not as interesting either so um but i also feel like the way that they way the way that it's gone down this idea of like multiverses and the fact that it's basically like an infinite number um, that lends itself well to a disappointing, uh, you know, like the, the writing can get disappointing very easily because there's an infinite number of these scientists now. And I don't see how you combat that. I mean, without doing some kind of like, you know, button push writing where it's just like we picked a button to delete all the universes everybody's safe now yeah like they take back control of the universes and they bring it back to harmony yeah and, this, and they're gonna like invent a superhero who has the ability to like pull timelines together <laughs> so you know it's like yeah. i don't know it's always it's always some kind of like catch-all thing when you have something that's that grand and threatening you know there's also like no more stakes in these marvel shows because nobody can die anymore it's just like now that there's multiverse there's another loki's that can take over right. there's another captain america's or like vision comes back in the other show and uh uh where's the other one i thought there was somebody else that comes back too oh well anyway it's just like kind of I don't know what the future will hold for the, the 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 movies, but they definitely aren't as interesting to me, or they won't be as interesting to me going forward. I don't think as not as much as the Thanos saga was. What? Yeah, I really wish that they would just get off Avengers because honestly, like while I do really like, you know, the I like the Avengers movies, I like the Marvel movies, like I feel like we need to give X Men it's due like there's so many good stories in x-men and i think that recently they have I, I i might be wrong about this but i feel like disney got the rights to x-men somewhat recently um because they have like you know x-men and friends uh 
the X-Men, Dark Phoenix on Disney Plus. So I think that they they've oh. obtained some kind of rights to X-Men recently. And I hope that something's in the works because to give that treatment, you know, it'd be cool if they kind of, you know, they did Iron Man first. It'd be cool if they did like a Wolverine movie. Yeah. And, and then that sprung, you know, was a springboard into doing like the X-Men or doing a, a full-on, a better origin movie more close to like the comics. Um yeah. And then you know springboard something or um just because i'm tired of seeing avengers based storylines like i just not i was never really that big into that side of the marvel universe to begin with um right so yeah i mean i'd like to see that too i mean a much more fluid x-men story yeah and i mean not to like trash the old ones i enjoyed those ones for the most part i mean they're yeah. good and obviously hugh jackman is wolverine is in like, like the Tony Stark, uh, Robert Downey Juba. He's like Robert Downey he Jr. Is Robert is, <laughs> is Tony Stark. It's like, uh, you can't really see another actor playing him, but yeah, that yeah, would be that, nice. That is one thing that would be a little challenging is that I think Hugh Jackman's done playing Wolverine. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Stewart's getting honestly older to the point where I don't know if he really would be a convincing Professor X at this point. So, well, they did do a good job recasting that for that one point in time. First class, was it called? X-Men First Class. Yeah, with Michael Fassbender and the other guy. I can't yeah, I don't remember his name either, but he was Professor X. And I don't know, that was pretty good for a while. And then they, they started to mix them and it got a little weird. They like mixed the timelines. Um, so you had to bring, so they brought, were able to bring Hugh Jackman as Wolverine again and like, some other characters but yeah i don't know where the where they're gonna where they're gonna go with the second season now that we have the he who remains is dead and a new he who remains has come <laughs> who is apparently probably a little more evil there's good and evil ones and they looks like they got a more evil one if there's a big statue of him at the end yeah um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how they tie this up. Um, but I really like the uh, the series, and I, I every single episode, um, I was just like, oh my god, I need more. Like, I need to see the next one right now. So, um, yeah, it ended so abruptly. I was like, that's it. Like you said earlier, it's just like, come on, no. <laughs> yeah, they tied up. Um, they tied up kind of the main thing that we were looking for, which is, you know, who's behind the TBA. We got to see that, but in a way it was anticlimactic because of how they presented it. Like it was just like <laughs> comical scene of like, I'm just the guy behind the curtain and I'm an ordinary guy and I'm real smart. Yeah. And here's how it happened. Like it was kind of a little, was a little bit of a rug pull, you know, where it was just like, oh, okay, it's all, you know, here's what it is. Yeah, but I think that that's kind of the trouble with shows in general, right? It's like you, when you finally see the reveal, it's not nearly as exciting as the journey to get there. So, yeah, it was. They tried. They had that kind of like, like, twist to it where they didn't make it like a crazy, infinite cosmic powers genie <laughs> of the lamp, um, which which is nice that they did that. So, and I, they like. <laughs> when i think of it it's kind of like a quantum leap ending you ever watch that show it just feels yeah. like it's so abrupt and like yeah scott uh bacula and um 
just how the delivery of Owen Wilson, just like, who are you? And who are you? You're, are you grounded, like, boots on the ground guy? And it's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you're it just happens, like, so suddenly yeah. that it's just, like, totally messes with the viewer. Yeah, because you think that you're seeing more. You're like, oh, okay, like, we're going into this, so we're going to actually, you know, see more. This isn't where they would end it. Yeah. Yeah, and then they did. Weird. And I then, wonder uh, if there's a way... Yeah, that, that part was a little mind-bending because I don't know how they're going to get around that if there's, like, a way to reveal to him the timeline that th- all that happened on. You know what I mean? Because clearly they've moved, they've somehow like intersected with a different timeline and got picked up with it or something. I don't really Yeah, know. but they have temp pads, so they can jump from timeline to timeline. There's no way they wouldn't be able to. Right. Because that's what they do, is they actually jump to the <laughs> branches that deviate, and then they prune that deviation, and then it goes back to the regular timeline. So... It's just a he's in a he's in a temporary stop. He's in a stop where it's like, oh no, this is like the bad reality. It's like the new Ratchet and Clank game where they use the Dimensionator to, you know, go to like this new dimension where the main villain is like Emperor or whatever. And it's like the only one, you know, one dimension that has this reality. Um, um, you just jump out of that reality and you're, you know, back to back to normal. But um, so yeah, so I don't think like a millions of them, and that's gonna be not as easy to do. Right. That's what I'm trying to get at is that because they've now opened up this idea of, you know, um, something that could infinite, infinitely replicate, uh, it becomes very, very difficult to kind of write your way through that without it being like a, a, without kind of hitting it with a sledgehammer and just being like, and then all the universes converged into one. It's like, okay. Like it's hard, harder to make it interesting at that point, right? I think keeping it contained is interesting and there's tension and there's, you know, good storytelling can be there. But once you kind of let the, you know, the rabbit out of the hat kind of thing, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, okay, well, now it's infinite universes. So we need a Superman or a, you know, multi-dimensionator to, uh, you know, converge them all back together into one, one single timeline. Or they like go at the end and it's just like, well, I guess this is just how it is. Everything's multiversal and everything's fine now because we killed the scientists and all the realities and the end. You know, there's only so many ways you can kind of get around it. Right. Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. It's all multiverses now. That would be cool if we did a crossover. If he popped in for something. Like he this, yeah, into into Loki. Oh yeah, maybe. Well, yeah. He, he, don't they? I don't know. No, maybe not. I thought he was at the end of WandaVision, but I don't think so. I think the end of WandaVision is supposed to lead into that Doctor Strange movie, Multiverse of Madness. Oh okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll see what the next uh, next season has to to hold. You excited for the second Witcher season on Netflix coming out? I'm excited. I really enjoyed that first season a lot. Yeah. Like that was serious, like awesome. quality entertainment. Siri. Lots of violence. Lots of sexiness. That's true. That's true. There's a lot of, yeah, all the things you like. A lot of nudity. Violence with a capital V. Yeah. That scene where he does the, what is it called? The murder of. The, the big crime that he's supposed to commit but that's like part of his lore the butcher of something the butcher of blaviken butcher of shut up face i don't, I don't think they show that 
I thought that was the whole scene where he kills all those people in that town in like the second episode. Oh, maybe you're right. I think that was supposed to represent that like atrocious crime, like the in a smaller sense, where he just starts killing all these people that start attacking him. Like he was trying to do something good, and then it kind of just went crazy. And he it. Yeah, that scene was like insane. It was just like yeah. the way they portrayed the violence in that show was really well done. <laughs> yeah, I really like Henry Cavill uh, as well. I, I was actually. Um... I'm obviously I didn't read the books. I was I loved Witcher three, um, so I was kind of like, you know, using that as my source material for what Ga- uh, Geralt would be like. And I was like, this is going to be really hard for him to do this in a believable way. Right, and nailed it. I mean, he just was so convincing as Geralt. It was it definitely helps that he was a a fan of the books and a fan of the game. Um, so he was definitely passionate about the uh, the role. But yeah, I'm excited for season two. Definitely really cool. Yes. Sorry, there's a loud moped driving by. But yeah. <laughs> Gotta watch out. You're in a dangerous neighborhood. <laughs> They're coming moped. for me. <laughs> um, yeah, season two. When is that coming out? Did, it, did you get to get the date? I think it's uh, December something. December? Yeah, yeah definitely looking forward to that. I'm still kind of looking forward to Stranger Things season four. four? Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. There's four now. Hopefully that'll be the last one. He'll probably keep it going. Yeah, I think they I think they do need to kind of probably tie it up and and kind of wrap it up. I think four seasons is probably a good run. I feel like season one was, you know, perfect. Season two, you know, kept it going. Yeah. Season three is now starting to get into uh it feels a little looser, I will say. They're trying to world build more with different other elevens yeah. or other people with powers. Yeah. Um didn't but, yeah. totally play. It kind of felt a little X-Men uh, inspired. Maybe. Just a little bit. Yeah. Cool. I think that's it, man. Yeah, I think this is uh, a good episode. And um, next time we'll talk Black Widow, probably, right? Or maybe yeah, Black Widow or Ninja Turtles. You're going to try and see it uh, this weekend or something? Black Widow? Yeah, I'm going to try this weekend. So Rent it. Sweet. Cool. See you all next all right. time. See you guys and gals. Bye.